Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing Burrow by Infant Island, featuring my pal Alex Rudenschuld on guitar. The song comes off their album Sepulchre, which you can find online. Apologies in advance. We were having a little bit of breakup in the signal, but I think we had a great conversation nonetheless. I feel like at a certain point, you start to like forget what you really heard and like, like, like the difference between what you really are remembering and like what you're remembering from like a photograph, but like, like, like the photograph like stands in for the memory on some level, mm-hmm. uh, sort of like recreate a memory subconsciously around the photograph. But I think that said, I think that the the oldest memory I have is probably of like living in Poland as a kid and going uh, as a dragonfly for Halloween with two wire like like metal mesh strainers on my face as like the eyes <laughs> <laughs> there's a picture of me somewhere in this costume but um i still have the strainers and or not strainers i guess uh, like sifters um okay. i still have around somewhere and use them <laughs> to <laughs> sift when i'm like baking or something but whenever i see them i think oh wow i wore these on my face once <laughs> like the compound eyes i don't know they look kind of like it so they're like small, like hand size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I was picturing one like I have upstairs, which is the size of like a pop filter, you know. And I was like, "There's this small child with these two huge things." Yeah, I don't. They're not like super. They're not super. Um, I guess like uh, they don't. They're not like super useful because they're not big enough to do like a whole like cup of flour in. But if you're doing like, you know, I don't know baking soda or something i guess yeah it's well, or you know i don't know i guess there's like lots of like applications where you for can like, like tea a, or something yeah yeah like, that's what it's i weird. It pulls, though so like the handles are sticking on my face and shit which is funny as hell <laughs> what else went into this costume or was that kind of the the uh you know that was i think like cardboard wings or something on okay i there's like a number of sort of elaborate Halloween costumes that like existed at some point in my life. Um, you know, some of them, my ideas, some of them foisted on me by my parents. who had like sort of like a annoying sense of humor at times, which I don't really begrudge them because I have it too. But mm. you know, when your kid goes for Halloween, it's the hole in the ozone layer. You know, there's like something going on. Oh, wow. <laughs> How did that, what did that look like? I don't know. It was, oh, well, I know what it looked like. It looked like me in, like, <laughs> a painted trifold board with a hole cut in the middle of it that was, like, painted blue with cotton balls on it. Okay. <laughs> they were like, what are you? Holy, isn't it? There's another one with, like, trifolds where I was, like, a dying iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, like, black painted trifolds with, um, like, the old, like, turning off like circle spinny thingy on the front and then like the apple logo on the back 
and people are like, what are you? Like, oh, um, your your phone is it's dying, which I guess is pretty scary. But um, yeah, that's <laughs> I don't. I, I definitely the roots of my doomer energy. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny, like because these were like the first one that you you know that's like a not a concept necessarily, but the other ones are like concepts and like it it's it's funny because I you know like I don't think that those kinds of costumes existed so much when I was a kid. Like when I was a kid, I, what I can remember is like being dressed as a punk rocker, you know, and like also as a girl. And so like, you know, my parents are kind of, I'm like, who's laughing now? You know, like, (laughs) like y'all, y'all want to act like you didn't do this, but y'all did, you know, y'all did this. I mean, come on. Real Um, shit. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it, you know, who's laughing now? Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it was always just like, yeah, and there were some less uh, obviously like less tasteful like, um, you know, I was never dressed as anything like uh, culturally insensitive, you know, but there was like I do specifically remember it's like, oh, just like wear your torn up clothes and put some dirt on you. And then you're like, you know, a hobo and you're like, geez, you know, like you, yeah, y'all really did that. But, um, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I can't, I can't necessarily like, like my parents, like when I was young, they didn't have money and they had three kids and they were just trying to let us like go do what the other kids were doing, you know? So, I mean, yeah. you know, there also wasn't like, like a lot of like, especially like white people at that time didn't have the same amount of like access to like, I don't know, this maybe isn't even true. I guess it's like speculation, but like you had a lot fewer, less access to like media about these sorts of things. Like, yeah, about social yeah. especially in like, I'm guessing like, like, you know, like the 80s and 90s and shit like they're like the like cultural consensus was so much like oh look we're like going into the next century like we're fixing all the problems are fixed you know like we're in an era of prosperity or whatever like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like there was not like this is like after like you know protest movements and thing like like what is known as an age of protest like the 60s and 70s like um and like you sort of see like a lot of ignorance willful or not around like most social issues of the time. So it's like not really, I don't know. I think, you know, people are just products of their environment. Um, and like, you can't really like look back thing, like with too much scrutiny. All yeah. you gotta do, like look to the future and try and be better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like I said, I was never, I never got like, you know, my, my parents never, we weren't like ever anything like that was like, you know, necessarily like, like we didn't get dressed like, you know, in like culturally insensitive, like outfits, like, you know, I, I seem to remember other kids, you know, being in like that came from the store even, you know what I mean? But like, uh, they still sell that shit, which is crazy. Oh yeah. 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 Um, but like, yeah, it was just like, you know, and I mean, it's weird, too, because, like, when you think, like, 
when I think about like what, like some of the stuff that, like I never have any money right now, right? But like I don't, my kids don't worry about food. Like I don't have any money, but like we have food, you know? And like my childhood, like we couldn't even always say that. So it's weird because you're like, on one hand, like, um, you, you, like, we were, like, very, like, always, like, close to, like, being out on the streets, et cetera, et cetera. But then you have, like, this idea, like, of, like, a cartoon, like, you know, like, rail riding person or whatever from, like, I mean, when's, <clears throat> when, when was that, like, uh, when was that, like lifestyle or whatever, even a thing, like necessarily, you know what I'm saying? Like that mental image that you get of somebody with the, with the handkerchief of stuff on the stick, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so here we were, we were like, not like we were just any day, you know, just like from like living on the streets, et cetera. But like, it's like, we still had this, like my parents still had this idea that like, that was something that couldn't happen to us or so, or something, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's yeah. weird. I feel like that is a weird, like, uh, like early two thousands, Brooklyn, like boho, whatever, uh, like aesthetic are like these weird sort of fetishizations of like what, what lower class life is when like in reality it's, it, you know, it's, I mean, that's, like, a, like an idea that's instilled in, like, the American culture from, like, media, you know, going back to, like, like great American novels about, like, the Great Depression and things. And back and about you, you see, like, I feel like a lot of these, like, portrayals of, like, the lower class is, like, oh, like, hardworking or whatever. Because, but, like, you know, like, like, hardworking, but, like, also creative and, like, whatever when really like people are just like struggling you know like it's yeah. like not cool yeah <laughs> yeah and not it's not something like athletic out of but i think that like that's was understood in like the early the first half of the 21st century or the 20th century and like sort of was forgotten and like now is like sort of re-emerging um as like sort of class politics become more relevant again. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, it, I, yeah, it's, I think with everything, you know, that's been going on, like, uh, it's, you know, very relevant. Um, yeah. but, um, yeah, like, uh, you know, I guess like we could, uh, sort of go, keep going on that tangent for quite a while, but, um, you know, yeah, we'll probably just start talking about uh, music and uh, you know how that relates to like um, where you are in your life right now. Um, so, like, what are your earliest memories of music? Like, did your parents listen to a lot of music around the house, or was that something that you found like through peers and um, and sort of on your own? Oh. Uh, sort of both, I guess. My parents, um, my parents are into like a lot of different kinds of music and they very consciously tried to raise me to be like musically aware. They were like raising me at the time when like sort of like, 
that that theory that like classical music helps children like develop better or whatever was very prominent. That's been a lot of classical music as like a young kid, but like they themselves listen to a lot of like classic rock, but also like new wave and like sort of like eighties, uh, I guess like like radio, like I don't even know, like like sort of like poppy rocky stuff, you know, like Smiths or like The Cure mm-hmm. stuff like um like the precursors to I guess like eighties indie rock in a way, I guess. Uh so growing up I like had a lot of like exposure to classical music, but also to some of the like, you know, that kind of stuff. Um like Tears for Fears, Depeche Mode, um things like that. But I didn't really like think much about it, I guess. I wasn't like super into music until high school, I guess. Like I, I think like <laughs> the thing which I would have like liked the most prior to then was like Enya or something. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that I had which is I think kinda cool. But I still like Enya. But yeah. <laughs> uh I um sort of like the second half of middle school, I um sort of settled down a group, which is the first that really ever happened for me um, because like four or five different elementary schools and then like you know I had to like settle into like like a peer group in like sixth and seventh grade and then like you know by the time you like it takes a couple years to establish things or whatever you know social circles all that Um, but I live in a small town our group in a small town in Virginia called Fredericksburg which is like not known for a lot or at least not on the surface um but there is or was this sort of like diy all ages like group like organization that like had like teenagers booking shows and shit um and my friends like had a band and like were involved with this like group called fredersburg all ages um and i started doing shows two shows and then was like okay well i want to help make this happen also i want to start playing guitar so i like started helping book shows in like ninth grade and like started playing guitar and like i don't know i through that like i sort of like fell in the deep end of like like i don't know i was like initially into like pretty mainstream like indie rock from like the early 2000s and like early 2010s, like, I don't know, the strokes or whatever, but then, like, pretty quickly got into, like, folk punk and, like, emo, I guess. Um, Like, and I don't know. Uh, I guess, like, that's sort of, like, a tangent, but, like, uh, earliest memory of, like, like, really caring, like, giving a fuck about music was probably, like, like, sitting around gaming and listening to like groove shark playlists <laughs> if you remember groove shark oh uh, no i don't okay so groove shark was this like totally illegal or it was like it was like gray legality uh online streaming service that popped up around the same time as spotify so this is like in the like wake of like limewire and stuff okay. like you couldn't download the music but you could upload any music and then anybody could listen to it online and make playlists out of it and stuff. So, like, you weren't downloading music, but you were listening to other people's music through the internet. Uh, 
So, I, and I think that's like how it survived for a while. But I would like make playlists on this thing uh, and like listen to them while I was gaming late at night. And like, I remember listening to like a lot of like, like indie music at the time and like getting deeper and deeper in like holes of this stuff. Um, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I couldn't name a lot of the music from that time, but like, I remember like really feeling, yeah, this is to keep being like involved in personally. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What, what would you stay up all night playing? Like what, what games were you playing? <laughs> um, so this is going to make me sound a little younger than I am, Okay. but I'm, I'm, I'm young. I know this, but like, uh, I was like super early on like the Minecraft train. Like I played a lot of Minecraft and like when it was in alpha and beta, so like before it was like in the full release version, um, when it was like a super nerdy game for people who liked modding games, which wasn't me, but I was just like playing it. Mm -hmm. uh, I did like RuneScape and um, some like other MMOs, like just like multiplayer online games. I didn't like really feel like I had a community in real life at the time. So like, uh, especially before like high school, I was like very much like, uh, a multiplayer online gamer, <laughs> I guess. Mm -hmm. I thought you were like, about to say Roblox. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I was like, <laughs> I are, Roblox is so weird to me because I have these memories, these all these memories of like watching anime on like streaming sites online, like illegal streaming, like fan sub anime, and Roblox was like the sidebar ad that you were like, yeah, this is spam. I'm never playing this. <laughs> <laughs> now it's like super popular. It's so weird. It was like Maple Story or something. Like it's like that level of like, damn, they're like really trying to make people play this, and they're gonna rip people off, which they are ripping people off. But now it's popular. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um it's wild. Like my my kids, <clears throat> my kids will straight up hate on PlayStation One graphics and then play play Roblox. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't understand. Those characters on that screen look like they're all melting or something. I don't like. I don't know how you can hate on Final Fantasy VIII and then play Roblox. Like, yeah. I get that it's different, but it's like, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like, my my kids, you know, I don't know. Like, I know you. I know what you mean. Like, it, games like that. It's like, I mean, you know, I think like. A couple times, like their grandpa or something has gotten them like a gift card, like for Christmas or whatever, you know, and they'll like plug this in and get their stuff or whatever. But like, as far as like, you know, that kind of thing, that's like as far as it goes. But I mean, I guess that's just how a lot of games are now where it's just like plug in money, plug in money, you know, like nonstop. But, um, try not to buy games. I only get them for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know. It's wild. Like, I mean, there's, there's, um, I mean, of course, like, there's still, like, you know, you, you buy a game or whatever, but there's, like, you know, games, like, where, like, Genshin Impact, I guess, for example, is, like, when, if you've never played it, you can get the game and you can play through like 
pretty much like a Breath of the Wild like caliber like game until you get to where the story kind of like ends, right? And it's like totally free. You don't have to pay anything. And <clears throat> when you start playing it, it that's such a strange concept until you hit that wall where there's nothing else to do. And then you're like, oh, this is how they get you to like, I don't know, spend money on like the extra stuff or whatever. <laughs> well, like back in the day, I remember paying for RuneScape. I don't know. I guess it's easy to get on kids doing this now, but I remember, I guess I just feel a little bit like, okay, you're like paying for it. But like back in my day, back in my day, <laughs> we, we went on the internet and like looked for ways to get free webkin or like free RuneScape like GP and like, like scam like like code generators and stuff like i remember like going online and like generators for like whatever i wanted to get like in game (laughs) and like trying to find ways to hack it so that i could like get shit for free yeah see i mean that's awesome because like this is like back in this this makes this sound like the sort of wild wild west of like gaming you know where as now it's all youtube videos of like get free this for this game and it's like people trying to scam you you know yeah. <laughs> like it's like before it was it was it was us scamming these like companies that make millions and millions of dollars and now it's like us trying to scam us and you're like ah oh, this yeah. this sucks you know it's um, <clears throat> fucking society though right <laughs> You know, you said you weren't really like feeling like there was like a community for you, but then I assume like when you started playing guitar and you started like being more involved with this like collective, that's when that started to turn around for you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, like that was like really how I like like found friends in like real life, you know, <laughs> like like or like had made deeper connections with the ones that I had rather. Um, like started like you know going booking shows and like talking about music and like i started reading like music blogs and like like really keeping up with this shit and like i was horrible at guitar you know obviously i just started playing but like you know trying to like you know figure shit out and like become i i don't know like this, this sort of like desperation i guess to like especially like in like middle school and high school or to like, you know, make yourself like not socially repugnant, you know, to like really establish yourself in like a social circle and like fit in. And like, for me, like fitting into this social circle was like getting into weird shit and getting into 
shit than your friends. So, uh, I don't know. I like ended up with like a, you know, pretty cool group of like friends for a while who like, we did like music stuff together and we like booked a fuck ton of cool shows. Like I remember, um, working the door at like a show for the evens that we booked, which is like Ian McKay's band with his wife. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, uh, that was super cool. The first time I ever saw someone play a baritone guitar, which is like all I play now. Um, booked bands like fucking like brave bird and like makeshift shelters. Uh, if you remember those bands, um, I, yeah, we played with brave bird once. It's, it's yeah, a funny yeah. story, but yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, but like, not even just shit like that, but like even weirder, like sort of out there stuff. Like there's like a, like of the things that Fredericksburg is known for, uh, there's like two sorts of groups. There's like sort of a pretty, historically has been a pretty cool shoegaze Fredericksburg. Uh, uh, Oliver Ackman, the very strangers and the guy who runs like death by audio, the effects pedal company and former venue is from Fredericksburg. And uh, there's also a really sick, like, experimental folk scene that is, like, pretty notable. Um, but, like, I saw a lot of stuff like that. And that's sort of, like, all his had over the years. Like, uh, especially the folk stuff really got me into, like, drone and noise and, like, sort of less rhythmic, less tonal music. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it it's it does make sense that you would go like um in I mean uh like the through line that I'm seeing there is that it's like something where it can be done with like less personnel. And yeah. I think that's interesting that like you seem to have come to like a place where you're like uh I mean not that that infant infant island has a has like a ton of musicians like necessarily that you play live with every time but like y'all have like accompaniments on your albums and stuff so it's like you know y- you went from like you said the fir- some of the first stuff you got into was like folk punk and stuff and then you're just like how can i get like as many musicians as possible on this record it was kind of like the backwards trajectory <laughs> than what we're used to you know like yeah. Because, like, yeah, everybody usually winds up into folk punk because they're like, nah, I'm just tired of messing with all these other musicians, you know? (laughs) Like, I just want to get in a guitar and play some songs, you know, get in a car and play some songs for people. Um, Yeah, I feel like so much of that was also was happening at the time. Like, I was, like, on Tumblr as well at the time, and, like, mm -hmm. folk punk, huge on Tumblr. It's, like, folk punk and, like, emo revival or whatever were, like the two things which I associate with like the sort of like Tumblr music scene and like, like, I guess like the lo-fi indie rock stuff, which I listen to like all of that shit. Um, but that's sort of how I got into folk punk and like emo and stuff. Although I, I really don't listen to either of those genres anymore. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like the first music I ever actually put online was like brown music or like weird, like sort of ambient music that I would make with like I would like play guitar through like like this really weird oscillation pedal I had and like record it with like my phone mic out of a practice amp that I had that was broken and then I would track like 
<laughs> like synth out of a micro Korg in the same amp. Like I wouldn't route the synth into the computer because I didn't have an interface. So I just recorded it um, like with a clap in the front, you know, on my phone out mm-hmm. of like an amp. <laughs> and then I mix it all in like Audacity. And then eventually I pirated the like the Adobe audio, like DAW, you know, and then it was like making things in it like audition which is like not made for audio editing for like music it's made for like film <laughs> um and i don't know like the, that stuff is online still but uh someone can go and find it if they want to <laughs> I, i'm not gonna post it <laughs> yeah i'm not talking it up i i'm just saying it's there um <laughs> yeah yeah, someone, yeah. <laughs> i think that kind of like i think all this like uh circular and backwards engineering and stuff is like it's a uh, i think it's a lot of fun to like hear about especially but like i i always think it's it, it's um it's really interesting because like you know so much of um like screamo and and like you know like emo violence or whatever kind of stuff is like really like well like mostly you couldn't make something sound like utter shit if you tried right but we're still like kind of trying right like it's like uh so it's almost like you're backwards engineering like like i recently did a recording where i was like you know the mics that i usually use are just like it's too it's too crisp it's too whatever and i always end up cutting off all this like high end and stuff right so what if i use like some mics that like are not really for that for that you know like and it's kind of weird because it's like you get to that point where you it's like i'm like okay i just used this like sm58 knockoff like to record vocals and um it sounds like <clears throat> Excuse me. It sounds like what I would use a lot of like filters and stuff to like get this effect. And it's just like already there. And so you're like almost like, well, maybe it is possible to still make a recording that sounds like usurp synapse or something, you know, but you just need like shittier mics and like, you know, like you have to, you have to walk it back as far as you can to, uh, to do the same things. But I don't know. I always find that stuff interesting instead of like plugins, et cetera, et cetera. Like how do you, how do you do this? Like on the, uh, on the, um, input side of things you know i i don't know it's um it's fun like you hear about back in the day you know people cutting holes in their speakers to do this to do that you know um yeah i mean a classic infinite recording technique uh and i use the word technique lightly <laughs> uh, uh something we always do for demos and something we did for some of like our first demos which i don't know if they're online i uh like some of like the early early shit prior to our first record is we would put like we would like have a couple mics on like you know the drum kit or whatever we would do like you know we would have mics around but like the the room mics would be um 
two of our phones that we would put like on different sides of a room and we clap before the song, obviously to sync it up. Um, but then we would like take the two phone recordings and put them in the dog, align them. <laughs> and then, um, we would like stereo pan them as like room mics. Um, and it sounds really great. So like put two phones on either side of your practice space as far away from each other as possible. And then like, pan them as like room mics it sounds fucking sick uh yeah. dress <clears throat> yeah there's a there's actually a track on marked um where i recorded with just like my iphone like i recorded the drums because like the drums yeah. on there are, are they're all jason but then i had this sort of like spot where i was like well I, w I want this to feel like the changeover in the record you know or the interlude or however you want to you know so I like wrote a song to go there and I, I was like, <clears throat> well, you know, I want the drums to sound noticeably different, you know, so I'll just go as low, you know, as low as I can. I'll just like put my, you know, I put the drums in a bathroom and I put the uh, phone in the room next to it and recorded them. And, um, I was really just like, it's not, they don't sound shitty enough. Like, it's like, you're like, <laughs> you think like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take this huge step down and make it like, you can really tell that these were recorded in such a different way. And it's like, not that different. It doesn't sound that different. It's just like, there, it's just like, there's less emphasis on singular pieces of the kit. You know what I mean? Like, I think they has just come too far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we, the <clears throat> of like phone mics is pretty cool sounding often. Yeah. Also, like thing we've also done for those things is like put a pillow on top of the phone. <laughs> you know, to mm -hmm. like muff a high end. Get does, that crisp. Does that keep it from breaking up a bit? Yeah. 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 But also moves like, a lot of that high end, which is like sort of grading about phone mics. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've I've al I've always like, you know, in some of these um, like multi-person collaborations that I've done and stuff, like I've hit certain people up and they've been like, oh, I don't have any way to record it. I'd love to do that though. And I've always just been like, well, there's like there's like click-ins like at the beginning of the song. Like if you can just put your if you can just put your phone in the room and if you can just click count in on like the last two clicks or whatever, like I can line it up. Like you can just listen to the song in your headphones and just scream at your microphone from across the room. And no one's, no one's taken me up on that yet. Cause I'm, I'm always like really interested. I think like it would probably be like perfectly fine, you know, like, yeah. I totally agree. <laughs> and I like, yeah, I'm always, I'm always saying I'm gonna do something like that too, where like I'll just track the drums on my phone, and then I'll just <clears throat> I'll just track the guitar on my phone, and I'll just track. You know, I'm always saying I'm gonna do something like that. And I mean, eventually I will. But uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's like you said, like there's you know there's a way. Like if you just go to whatever it is Reaper.com or whatever, download Reaper, you know, and yeah. uh, <clears throat> if you can like play a drum beat like just inside your own head without any reference or whatever or if you can record a guitar reference like clean enough that you could listen in headphones and play along to it i mean 
I don't know. It's like, it's pretty awesome. Like if you want to make music now, like you can do it like some way, shape or form, you know? Yeah. I think that being so much lower is cool. A lot more people like getting involved. I feel just good. Yeah, for sure. Like it's, it lends to like, uh, so much more like experimentation and just like different perspectives and, you know, just like, um, even if somebody like, it's like, no matter how large, how hard, like I've ever been like, <clears throat> Oh, I'm going to write an album that sounds just like my war from black flag. Like I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't sound like that. And so it's interesting. Like when you have like people from all these different like walks of life and stuff, like you don't even know, like your favorite album could be somebody just being like, I'm going to write an album that sounds just like my war, but to you, it doesn't sound anything like it. Cause it came through this other like filter, you know? Yeah, for sure. So yeah. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> it's awesome. I, totally, I do that all the time. There's like a number of infinite songs. They're like, I'm going to write a song that sounds like this band. <laughs> and um, it's just like, by the time you get to it, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know what your take on it is. Like once the finished project, obviously like you, you're stoked on it because you release it. It's a song of yours. But like, I sometimes I'm like, I'm stoked on it, but I'm like also mad because I'm like, that didn't turn out. Like, I was literally just trying to rip off this song and I can't do it. Like, it's weird. It's like, it's like everybody's just going to hear this and be like, they didn't do anything differently. Like, and I thought I was approaching this so differently. Do you ever have that where you, where you're like, you think you're doing something that's, like you're approaching it so differently, but then when you put it with the rest of your songs, you're like, "This isn't. This is another song." Yeah, I sort of. I feel that more with like, like doing like a cover. Like I'm like horrible at like covering songs because mm. I can't like I can't songs. It sucks. Like and like that sounds like I don't know. That might sound like pretentious or something, but I will sit down and like try and read a tab and like fail to play it <laughs> like i just i don't know what it is it's just like really horrifying like i can't remember it either it's like like i'll be like halfway through the song I'm like how does this go again you know like i have it in front of me can't fucking read it but then i like to try and do it and it just a total failure um but i feel like i don't know at the same time as like trying to do songs and like them like like something as if it's something else and then like not doing them the way you want them to like i think it's disappointing on one level but on the other hand it's like i think a cooler outcome maybe because you end up with your own version of whatever that was and you can always be like to someone else you're like yeah i sort of like was emulating this other thing but it didn't really turn out that way but i think like you know and then they can put it together and say well that's wild like i hear that now but it also just sounds like that you would make which i think is cool because it's putting your mark on some other sound or like incorporating some other sound consciously into your work, which I think is, you know, cool as like a, you know, as like growing your own, um, sort of sonic repertoire or whatever. But it's also, you know, I think maybe more, uh, I would not respectful, but it's like sort of like, uh, I think a maybe even a cooler way to honor the influence that you're trying to draw, like draw from, because it's, you know, it's like, recontextualizing whatever it is that you liked about that into something else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I was never talking about like where you're trying to play something note for note. You know, it's just like I can't do that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, and it's like you were talking about tabs, which which may or may not be different because they're still made by people who probably for the most part didn't actually write the song. But it's like if you ever look up like cover videos on YouTube or whatever, like it's like nothing against the people that did them or their talent, like because like they play the shit out of their instrument. Like they're better than me almost every time I watch like someone doing like a cover you're better than me at guitar, like hands down. But it's like, you're like, also like, that's not quite right, you know? And so I always come to this like sort of interesting, like, well, I think they're really close, but I'm kind of just going to play it a different way anyway. Like I'm going to take what, what they did that I can ascertain is right. And then I'm just going to kind of make up my own thing there at the end where, it doesn't sound quite the same, you know? And so that's kind of, that's fun too. But I I like my covers transformative. If anybody's listened to the cover that we did for the Halloween compilation a couple years ago, the horse Mm -hmm. jumper, comparing that to the original, (laughs) it's, it's like a totally different song just because like, not only do I like these to be transformative, but I also can't be songs. So, (laughs) Yeah, cool. I think, and like you know, we sort of know we sort of knew them at the time, but like they like that, like we liked them a lot, and we like you know our like my bandmates' other band had played them a couple times, and like they heard it and they were like, "This is really cool," and like a really cool like reinterpretation of it, and like we really appreciate that it exists, you know, yeah. which was a cool thing. Um, but like as like an example of how bad my like ability to like read tabs is that <laughs> I tried to write tabs out for one of our songs off of uh Sepulchre and like post it on Facebook as like a teaser for that record coming out. I was like, if you can play the song like based on these tabs, I'll like send you it in advance. I don't know. <laughs> I was just like because I just tabbed it out for fun and I was like this could be a cool way to tease this. Like mm-hmm. here's the not recording, not a recording of it. And uh Someone commented, I was like, are these tabs upside down? (laughs) (laughs) Whole thing upside down. Because I, like, am really not good at reading them. Although I think the tabs are the wrong way, usually. I think, like, the the guitar is oriented the opposite way the tabs are written, which I think is goofy. I look at tabs long enough I know what's going on just because I can imagine where things are probably supposed to be but I'm not someone who just like looks at tabs and understands like straight away like I've just never like I'm tabs. totally 
totally not a tab understander. Yeah, yeah. It's not like <clears throat> when I first started playing guitar, you know, like uh, the internet was in its infancy. So like it, tabs weren't a thing, you know, it was like you just listened to it long enough to figure out what was going on. And like, luckily the stuff that I was into, it wasn't particularly difficult, you know, like, so, <clears throat> so that, that was that, I mean, you know, you didn't have to listen to a misfit song too long to like figure out which three chords you needed to play, you know? So like, um, so that, you know, that was easy enough, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's it too complicated. I need to stop like picking complicated songs and just like chill with something chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's um it's definitely like as far as like covers go, I've I've run the 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 you know the uh the gambit on it like I've done like Peg Boy which is like I said before it's like three songs or three chords, you know, and that's the whole song like a couple different parts, three chords each. And then I've done like <clears throat> Block Party, which is just like bonkers. Like, yeah, it's like practically like a lead riff the whole time, you know, that just like disguises itself as like rhythms. And you're just like, what did I get myself into, you know? Um, Thanks. <laughs> but yeah, fun, fun stuff. I've always, with covers, I've always just. Like I want to do something like you you described, you know, and I tried that with like a the now song, like or I'm um, not the now now now, and I think I like really k- kind of bombed on that because I don't have like necessarily the like production like skills to make a thing like that work the way it should have, um, but like. I'm always worried I'm going to do like a, I'm always worried I'm going to do like a pop goes punk on something and like make it really like cringe. You know, I don't want to do like screamo versions of things necessarily, you know, like it's like, I have this like idea that, that I'm going to try for uh, the comp this year. And um, I have to let myself like, just be able to let it go if it doesn't work because like this is like something where if it doesn't if it just doesn't work I, there's no way anybody's ever going to hear this cuz it just <laughs> like i i would just be mortified you know um <clears throat> but yeah so i guess you know october we'll find out if that worked or if you hear a coma regalia version of something like very very safe you know then um it wasn't that you know, I, I, I came to my senses and, uh, did something else. Um, yeah, we've been like wanting to do a cover of fly for a while. So one day the world will hear that. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's weird how like sometimes you can really hear something in your head and it makes a lot of sense. But then when you put it down, you're like, it might not quite work, you know, or whatever, but you know, I don't know, you know, time will tell. Um, yeah. So like you mentioned, you know, like the earlier, um, days of infant Island, like, you know, like recording your first demos yourself and stuff. Um, like I remember when y'all were like very, like pretty much like 
just getting started and um it was it was it was um <clears throat> like i can't remember what your very first thing was uh but i know that you know there was a tape release of it and stuff and um like i know that you had like you had described the songs as like you were very much like you made it sound like you weren't quite where you wanted them to be. And I'm assuming by this point that you've realized like this sound and that's what we've been getting for the last couple of records. Like, is this, is Infinite Island now what you had imagined it from, from the very beginning or like, how has that changed? So, that's a good, that's a great question, first of all. Um, so at the time, we were a very different band. Um, not only were we like one member shorter than we are now, um, but our, we had a different drummer. Our original drummer, James, moved to Germany. Um, but he was on our, our early, early stuff, uh, our first album, and the split with um, the four-way split that we did uh, with Massonera from Vanacrawl. Um, but he was like Dugay's guy, um, which is why a lot of his drumming on that that early stuff is um, is very like sort of like washy, very shoegaze influenced, very like big, big sounding. I guess I don't know. Um, a lot less like grindy in the way that I think a lot of our newer stuff is. Um, but we were like new to like doing like a serious band, a lot of us. Uh, and that like it's my first like real band, you know, uh, prior to Infinite Island, I had been in like a band that had three practices in high school and then like played one show and that was it. <laughs> um, uh, so it's like we didn't really know what to do um, and like um, our bassist had been in a few bands like Kyle um, and his other band Small Hands had recorded their album themselves so we sort of like took a cue from them and like did our first couple like demos ourselves and like had a bunch of other like demos that we'd recorded they were like well maybe we can put this out but we never really liked the way it sounded and then we ended up recording our first album with Tom Carney, um, who like played in like Madrell and uh, a bunch of other bands, uh, mm -hmm. I think. Well, right. Um, who is now making acid music in New York, which is cool. Um, but, uh, and like, that was a really cool experience, but I think that like, like, the, the danger, I guess, with like taking your music to someone else to record is that you might not get exactly what you're looking for. And we were all very happy with the final product, but it sounded like nothing like what we had originally imagined it would sound like, which is a, like similar to the like reinterpreting other people's music or like trying to make your own version of someone else's shit. Like it is very cool when it comes out differently than you expect or can be, but also it's like not exactly what you expect what you thought it was going to be. <laughs> so it like is disappointing in that way. So that first stuff like didn't sound anything like what we wanted it to like initially. 
we were happy with it, but like it didn't sound anything like what we imagined. Um, so like we did that compilation record last year, in which I like sort of finished and like mixed some of our like quickly mixed because we were kind of doing it on a deadline. Um, some like of our original like recordings that we meant to like turn into an LP. Like I think two of the songs made it onto that, um, and those sound like totally a lot closer to what we imagined that first album would sound like. Um, but after James left the band, our drummer again, um, we got Austin, who was the drummer of our bass's other band, um, and like that's sort of how Beneath came about. Um, it's like. And it's a real transitional record, I think, for us, which made it uh, really different, I think, than anything else that we wrote before or we have written since. Um, in that it's like pretty sparse, I think, actually. Um, it's like atmospheric and whatever, but I think that it's, you know, a pretty sparse record, actually, when you like sort of like step back and listen to it. Um, it's not like this full spectrum that like, like sonic spectrum that I think the self title record is, um, which made it like not again, like not really like what the original sort of feeling of the band was. Um, I think Sepulchre is the closest we've come as far as like realizing the potential of Infant Island, um, like as far as what's out. But I think that like our new material is like really taking the strengths from everything we've done and like distilling it into one record um which i'm very excited for people to hear but um you know things are slow yeah yeah i like it's also like live shows now are like a pretty cool representation of where we're at as a band um so you know there's but i i think like like having like a lot of energy but also like a lot of noise a lot of like really big sounding like loud just like um like i don't know just like giant waves crashing <laughs> type feel yeah uh, like that's like i don't know how i always imagine we i want us to sound and i think we are now after like sort of a detour with beneath closer to that than ever um which is cool i don't know that yeah. was a lot very little but um, yeah. No, it's, I mean, and it's like going back to what you were saying about like, you know, uh, the, the production aspects, it's like, yeah, you, you can be like really pleased with something like at first. And then it's like, it, like you said, it's not exactly what you had expected. And so like, it's something that just like the it might not hold up for you like at some other point you know and then like <clears throat> you were also saying as far as like big you know waves crashing and etc like it's like um that can be something that's really hard to like capture uh in a recording just because like you're you know you have a ceiling for volume and like once you're there you're you're there you know what i mean so like uh it's it's hard like to to make like that 
feedback sound like as chaotic as it's supposed to, or it's it's hard to make the even like the, the quieter moments like it's hard to make them sound quiet necessarily without losing them all together or being like what happened where the record just dropped out, you know, or so yeah. it takes somebody that like knows like, you know, kind of like exactly what you're going for or, or the band itself being able to communicate that to an engineer that's willing to like, like listen and, and, and take, uh, take notes and criticisms, you know, like, and that's, difficult you know i've like certainly um been i've been lucky to where like i've gone to other people and gotten sort of like <clears throat> exactly what i wanted but i've also like gone and um and i'm just like what what was even happening like there's one recording of a band that i was in in high school where it's like i was playing like a you know a Marshall JCM 800 with like, you know, like a, uh, Jackson Dinky. And like, it just like, I don't even know what could have possibly gone wrong where this, these guitars sound the way they do. Like, it's like, uh, so bad, you know, like what, yeah. what was happening? Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. And it's, it's wild when you listen to some of your, like, um, like favorite albums, especially from like the, maybe like the early nineties or, you know, whatever, like, and you got to kind of wonder with bands like Fugazi or whatever, like who were they recording with and like what this person, like, I mean, especially with a band like that, like nobody knew what that was supposed to sound like. You know what yeah. I mean? And so like it's interesting to think about that aspect at play there in situations like that where it's like um like what kind of record did the band imagine and like what we're all used to hearing and et cetera, et cetera, you know. But um yeah, it sounds like you know, maybe like uh part of the whole you know, thing is like learning, obviously. And um, maybe like where you're saying like the live experience is more like encapsulating is like, I'm assuming that y'all will still play an older song, but now it sounds more like it fits with everything else. And so this is you all sort of like embracing all of these uh trajectories that you know you sort of like went on and then like bringing them into like a a set you know yeah yeah and i think like i don't know the first album was like written as with like playing it front to back in order in mind <laughs> in, like, it was like written in like uh like i wrote it like i wrote the songs like my part songs to feel like like they like a progression you know and it didn't like and it didn't like initially plan to be an album you know it like planned to be a set and then it became an album uh, so like i don't know i think a lot about like the way records and sets are sequenced and like sort of creating like a sonic narrative with it like so you sort of like feel the downs of uh although i don't know like if that always works but it's like definitely like 
when uh, like I'm putting something together or like my input. And I think my bandmates feel similarly. Um, but that's it. And like, I don't know. I'm like a real albums guy. Like I don't really listen to just songs very often. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. This may be, I also don't stream music. And these are all like sort of things which feel like sort of pretentious to say in 2022. But I don't know. I'm very invested in the idea of like an album as a like movement of like, like there's like one large piece which has like smaller movements which we call songs you know like i want them all to feel like connected and like have a through line and like say something together larger than they do apart even if they function independent um and like i always really appreciate when records do that and i really appreciate when like like sets like live sets do that as well um and you know that's not to say that there's not a place for things that aren't like that but like that's definitely like what draws me in as like a listener or an observer more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I, I relate to that like so much. I mean, like we, um, out of all, out of all of our albums, like they're all, all like that, except for ours is the cause most noble, which I specifically was like, I want this to sound, I want the songs to sound like they don't go together. And I don't even know, I think my, um, I think my habit of doing things where it is like a through line through the album, like, I think if, you know, probably there are people that hear that ours is the cause most noble is like, the songs are all supposed to sound independent of one another probably are like, I don't get that at all from the album because like, I'm just not like good at making the songs to where they don't like, just like sound like they go right after each other in a theme in a, you know, um, and it's sort of like a progression, you know, um, bearing a common feeling. Yeah. But I've, I've just started a a newer project where I'm like specifically like I want to write songs that like you could just listen to this one song and be and be like I got the whole thing cuz I I feel like that's where I suffer a lot from like the other thing is is it's like I feel like I'm like we really got to listen to these couple songs in a row because the way they go together is part of the movement, like you said, you know, like where you're creating this like larger movement. So it's, it's, um, it's interesting when you, you know, you said you also put, try to put together a set that's like that. And like, yeah, I, I certainly get that as well. And that's why like, you know, there's been times when Jason is like, can we play this song? And I'm like, we can't play that song in this set. Like it just doesn't work, you know? And it's kind of, it's kind of weird because like, I mean, have you ever felt like that about something where you're like, yeah, this won't go, this won't go in a set. Cause this is like specific to this part in these, in this like three song section or, or anything like that. Or. Yeah. And we definitely, we, we definitely do that. And we definitely also like, we definitely do that for like that reason. 
also the thing which like this last tour we did really highlighted is like sometimes you just can't play the songs that you want to <laughs> you know yeah uh for like like just like pure like energy reasons or like like it's just some some songs are very hard to play <laughs> you know yeah. uh, and that like sort of like adds a challenge to it or like you have to work around what you you like can or can't do in a set and like still make something which feels like you know a sort of performance that you can be proud of um and that isn't just like a bunch of like songs strung together i don't know it also just becomes hard to like play all the songs well i feel like if you don't really focus on what you want to do and like like plan the pacing of a set to be something which like makes sense um like i feel like if you build your set to be like uh like have like a sort of natural feeling ebb and flow you're also gonna have like a better time playing it because you're not gonna be going at like sort of random increments of like 110 percent to like you know like something significantly less like uh like i don't know less intense yeah <laughs> uh, you you like, you can man you can maintain like the sort of same level of emotional involvement without putting your body at 120 percent output the entire time like yeah you can allow yourself like spots to like you know like not be smashing your head into your you know uh speaker grill you know you can like let yourself like be immersed in it in a different way by like constructing it in this way that's not just like okay we're gonna go out here and blast beat for like 20 minutes straight yeah yeah because like only katie can do that apparently like that's (laughs) that's katie's move it's just like you you know when you go on tour with them it's like no no we cannot play a song with like a a poppy sounding part in it. It's just not what you do when you go on tour with them. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, it's, and I mean, it's really, you know, you want like to, you want people to have like a, an experience, you know? So you, you know, you're trying to create that, um, that momentum and leave people on that, like, uh, same, high or whatever that you get from playing hopefully you know yeah i feel um, that yeah um so before we wrap it up like what can you tell us is coming up for you know uh infant island in this year or early next year oh man um well there's a lot um we have the minutes like 50 60 minutes of music recorded maybe just like across several releases like planned like none of it's done most of it's mostly done or sorry one song is done but uh (laughs) like they're sort of like just like sort of in the the like ether of finishing recording vocals or like mixing or like you know all the shit you get hung up on when you're recording stuff um so there's a bunch of stuff. I don't know. It's it's really cool. Um, there's some we played some of it recently on tour, um, like three or four songs off of it. So off of the new material, generally, I guess I should say. Um, uh, my other band has a bunch of stuff 
probably sooner than that. Um, Mattachine. Okay. Stuff, um, which I'm pretty stoked on. Um, it's pretty funny, pretty goofy, but also pretty hard, as they say. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm stoked on it all. It's just like a lot of music that is sort of like gestating right now that's like in various phases of completedness. Um, but like it's all well on the road to release. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's sort of like vague, I guess, but I don't I don't want to like... I mean, that's how it's got to be sometimes. You know? like, I don't, I don't want to say anything and like get people's hopes up until like everything is set in stone because mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't want to do that to myself either. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but I don't know. There's a lot of new music that I, is sort of like coming from my little corner of the world. Um, and I, I'm like firmly believe that all of it is like the best music that I've ever made. So, or been a part of, um, which is very exciting for me personally. Um, a lot of, a lot of changes in my life right now. So it's cool to have like anger, but I guess. And that was my conversation with Alex Rudenschuld. Thanks again, Alex, for taking the time to chat with me. If anyone wants to see what I've been up to in the meantime, go to patreon.com slash human machine and have a look around. Until next time, take care and do good things. 